does this for history. The sisters are going to win gold together. The Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. They defend their title and they break the world record. Well done, Australia. Two gold medals on the opening night. The winner is Cindy. Australia has won the gold medal in the women's sevens rugby. Yes, she did get it. I was lying. Pearson is the Olympic champion. They What do you think we come here for? Silver? Stuff the silver, we come for the gold. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. Mesdames and messieurs, welcome once again to the Sitting on Our Rings podcast. I am Brendan, once again joined by my co-host Trent. Say hello, Trent. Hello, Trent. <laughs> and as you can probably tell already, things are sounding a little bit different. Um, yeah. We are not recording in the same room together for the first time. We're, we're self-isolating like the rest of the world should be and is. So, yeah, we're, we're doing this a little differently for our first time in 2020. I know. It's very strange that we're not in front of each other, you know, just to bounce off our, you know, our reactions to things and whatnot. It's, it feels quite strange. Yeah. Like I said, though, because, I mean, you, this is the only podcast you do and we're, you know, still a relatively new show. Yeah. This is weird for you, but in terms of the, like, I would say at least 99%, if not more, of the podcasts I listen to, it's, it's actually quite rare for them to be recorded in the same room. So, this is yeah. this is kind of the norm, really, for for everybody else. So you you've been spoiled. Yeah, don't get used to it. No, look. Oh, hopefully, we won't need to worry about it for too long. But yeah, I mean, I guess we should start by addressing one of the several elephants in the room at the moment, and that is, you know, this is we haven't um, recorded an episode since November last year. Um, that yeah, was because so, if, if you remember, I was about to head overseas, uh, to Hawaii for about three weeks. And then by the time yeah. I came home, it was just busy, you know, with Christmas and new year and, and that sort of stuff. Mm, 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 mm. Um, and, and the plan was to start recording when the Olympic flame was lit, um, yes. a couple of weeks ago. That, that was the plan. And, and, um, as all, as all podcasters know, the kryptonite of a, of a podcast is scheduling. <laughs> so yeah. we, we were all good to go, but you know, there were uh, things happened and we weren't able to make it happen, which I, in hindsight was probably a good thing given what's happened since. Mm. But uh, I mean, <clears throat> pardon me, since, since we recorded in November, uh, I've been so much looking forward to coming back and doing the first episode and being able to say, it's 2020. We're in an Olympic, an Olympic year. Yeah, I know our first one, and we, you know, we can count down the months and get excited, you know, leading up to that last week of July. And um, yeah, as circumstances yeah. would have it, we're we're not in an Olympic year. I mean, well, technically, yes, we are, but we're we're not in the year that the Olympics are going the, to happen. 
well, that's, yeah, that's true. I guess, you know, there's always that worldwide speculation. Will they be called, you know, Tokyo 2021, which, you know, the IOC said, no, there'll be Tokyo 2020. We're just, we just have to have them a year later than what they were scheduled. Well, yeah. I mean, we can probably talk about that now. Like that was something I even messaged you like the day, the day that the, um, postponement was announced i was just like Mm. i'm and i hadn't heard the official statement from the ioc at that stage but i was saying to you like i bet the farm that they'll still be called tokyo 2020 they won't change that marketing because a they're not cancelled so i mean yes they're going to be held a year later but they're still the tokyo 2020 olympics and also just can you imagine the billions of dollars i would say um, that it would cost to change the marketing for the games, like yep. your logos, uh, e- merchandise, everything, ev- all your everything. signage and yep. stuff. It, it would just be a ridiculous amount of money. So I'm I'm glad they're yeah. sticking with Tokyo 2020. Like I have seen, and you'll even see on the artwork for this episode, I do like the hashtag, you know, like Tokyo 2020. And then at the, <laughs> you know, after the zero in, you know, 2020, it's just got, you know, NE, so it looks, you know, Tokyo yes. 2020 with one sort of tacked on. I actually quite like that. Like, I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but I am glad that they're sticking to the name Tokyo 2020, which is, it, it's only fair. Yeah, well, and I, you know, and it still carries on the tradition of, you know, every four years and it won't, you know, throw the timeline out, you know, in years to come when you and I are both, you know, 10 feet under and people looking back on, you know, the Olympic years and they see um, Tokyo 2021 with a little asterisk next to it, you know, yeah. I'm sure uh, COVID-19 would be a far distant memory by then. Let's and hope so. people may not understand why <laughs> there's a little asterisk next to Tokyo 2021. Yeah. Look, let's let's dive in. I mean, I've 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 done a little bit of a timeline um, for, of the events that have sort of led up to this postponement. Um, I, I will sort of before we dive in, I will just preface it by saying to our international listeners, in, listeners in particular, <clears throat> pardon me, the dates that I've written down for the most part of the Australian dates. So, you know, things, are prob- are, if you're listening, you're probably going to go, well, that didn't happen on that date. because obviously we're pretty much a day ahead. Um, but I, I have, as best as I can, tried to stick to the Australian dates. Um, there might be a little bit of crossover there where a date I've got might actually be the international date, but I, I've done the best I can to sort of try and match them all up based on, you know, uh, articles I read this afternoon and when I'd posted things on Facebook and stuff like that. So I've, I've constructed the timeline t- to the best of my ability anyway. Um, mm. So yeah, I'll start, I'll start off and obviously chime in when, when you need to trend. But yeah. March 11th uh, was when the, um, the World Health Organization, uh, you know, WHO, which I think is a yep. really great acronym, <laughs> um, they declared COVID-19, you know, the, the coronavirus, a pandemic. So that was on, on March 11. And on March 12th is when the Olympic flame was lit. To, to no crowd. There was no crowd yeah. um, allowed. It was only sort of the dignitaries and, you know, the, the runners and the, a, the performers. A very small media pack as well, yeah. Yeah. And and thanks to, to the Olympic Channel, you and I both tuned in and watched that happen live. Yeah. It was around, I think it was about quarter past seven here, um, 7 p.m. on the evening. I think evening. that's right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, even then, I I was still, things were bad, 
things uh, uh, degraded very I mean, quickly. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess around that time, Hugh and I were still messaging, going, you know what, it might be okay by July. Yeah. You know, and not long after that, that's when a lot of world sports started cancelling events and yeah. postponing them for a couple of months. And if, if my memory serves, it was the same week that that occurred that, you know, like the national football leagues here in Australia, like your, your rugby league and, and AFL, that's when they started announcing that, you know, they'd be playing games in, in empty stadiums and things yep. like that. Yes. And, and, and some things started to get called off or postponed and, but I mean, yeah, because it still was like, well, it's still a few months away. This this is just kind of like swine flu. It it'll blow over pretty soon, and, yeah. and things will be you know normal. And no, nah, we're you know yes. it was, there was a cautious cautious optimism. Was, optimism. Yeah, we were secretly being selfish, going, well, <laughs> it's an Olympic year. It's the last week of July. <laughs> I've started all a, the rest of July. We've to started get a bloody together. podcast for this thing, so it's gonna happen this year. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. We've already got our annual leave booked at both our workplaces. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, on the on March thirteen, let me just consult my timeline here. Um, the Japan Olympic Minister, um, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Seiko Hashimoto tells the media that the IOC and the organising committee are not considering cancellation or a postponement. Absolutely not at all. So that was on the 13th. Yeah. Uh, then we move to March 17th and the IOC made a statement and declared that it is fully committed to the Olympic Games in Tokyo 2020. And with more than four months to go before the Games, there is no need for any drastic decisions at this stage. Any speculation at this moment would be counterproductive. So, yeah. you know, 17th of March, doesn't it's not, not that long ago. Um, mm. We move to March 19 and the Olympic flame left Greece and, and flew to Japan. Um, March 22nd, the IOC makes a statement that says, uh, I mean, in the, by this time too, there was a lot of not just public pressure, but pressure coming from, uh, you know, individual Olympic committees from countries and, yeah. and individual and athletes. Had like, yeah. And like, you know, national federations, like by this time, a lot of federations were calling off all their qualification events, yeah, postponing there. But, you know, as an example, when all this was happening, the Australian um, uh, kayak and canoe Olympic trials were on and they were all being done, you know, you know, I know it was like, you know, on the lake where the Sydney Olympics were held, yep. but, you know, there was no crowds in the stand, but they still pushed ahead. And that was, you know, one of the last qualification events in the world. But, you know, archery tournaments had been had been called off. You know, the boxing, you know, that Europe was about to have their boxing qualifications and they were all starting to be postponed, whatever. And that's when I started to look, things are not going to go right because how are these athletes going to be able to qualify for the Olympics like less than a month out from when the games start? Yeah, logistically, it was starting to look very hard for the athletes. Um, Yeah. Uh, where are we up to? March 22nd, uh, the IOC declared a four-week deadline um, to decide the future of the Games. Uh, March 23rd, this is where things started to move quite rapidly, actually. Um, yep. On March 23, Canada announced that it will not be sending athletes to the Games. That was the first major blow 
that was where I I, so. I was like, holy crap, this <laughs> by this stage, deep, deep down, as much as I didn't want it to be the case, I I knew. I, I knew yep. that we were in trouble, that it wasn't going to happen yep. this year. Because basically there was no sport happening anywhere in the no, world at no. that particular time anyway. <laughs> yeah, like all our local sporting competitions, they'd been, um, you know, even playing in empty stadiums, they'd been that they'd had the pin pulled on that. There, there's, mm. You know, there was nothing happening. But, you know, well and truly by this stage, the NBA had stopped um, playing yep. games. The French Open had been, had been the, you know, they knew they weren't going to be able to do it in May, so they controversially pushed it to a week after the US Open, but... Uh, Without consulting you know, the players, too. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was on the 23rd. So, Canada announced that they were out. That was in the morning Australian time. Uh, by that afternoon, I think it was around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the AOC um, sort of followed Canada's lead and announced that it wouldn't be sending a, a team to Tokyo if the Games were to happen this year. Yeah, and, and I was looking at that post and I'm going, I love the Olympics and I love everything about it, but it would be so hard to support it having no Australians to cheer for. Like, no. I would really struggle with it. And we're one of only, <clears throat> pardon me, is it two countries that have participated at every single Olympic Games? I thought it was two or five or maybe, maybe, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is only two. I thought it was us and Greece. I could be wrong, but... um. Mm. Yeah, I know there's there's not many in that club who have participated at every um, modern Olympic Games, and, and Australia is one of them. So it would be terrible to see that um, that record, uh, you know, stomped on. But I, I don't think that will ever happen. Um, so, yeah, that was on the 23rd. Then on the 24th, um, I sort of woke up to the news that, that uh, Dick Pound uh, had spoken to USA Today and said that he... This is quoting new that the games would not be starting on July 24th. Um, again, this was another nail in the coffin for me. And I also thought it was funny that the rest of the world suddenly started to pay attention and, you know, laugh at the name Dick Pound, <laughs> which is yeah. something, that, something I've been laughing at for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, we've known that name for 20 years, haven't yeah, we? I don't, why he doesn't go by Richard, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, which like, is his name, yeah. Yes, but Dick Pound, um, you know, is mm. um, he, he used to be part of the Olympic? Com- is is he WADA now, or uh, yeah, I, know his I think role yeah, has changed I think over the years. He's yeah, he's on an anti-doping agency somewhere in the world. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it could be WADA. Yeah. So yeah, he he made that announcement. Well, not a, he made that statement to the press, and again, every that was sort of the headlines were starting to already be run at that stage that they were going to be postponed. There was, you know, there was no official word from the IOC yet, but based on on Mr. Pound's comment, um, you know, people knew that it was it was pretty much inevitable at that stage. And mm. then on March 25th, uh, we got the inevitable announcement from the IOC, and uh, the Japanese Prime Minister, um, he his statement was: President Bark said he will agree 100%, and we will and we agree to hold the Tokyo. Olympics and Paralympics in the summer of 2021 at the latest in order to hold the Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics in a complete form and as a proof of a victory by human beings against the coronavirus infections. Yeah. So and I think we messaged each other with going, uh Oh, here it is. We kind of expected it, but like, and then yeah. saying, well, thank God it's just a postponement. It doesn't have the C next to it. No. And as in C for cancellation. Yeah. Well, you and I would have been saying something else starting with C if that had been the case. Yeah. But, 
Um, yeah. I, I will say though that, I, you know, they've they've halted. Obviously, they've halted the Olympic torch relay. It's uh, the flames being um, held. I think it's at um, Fukushima um, until further notice when they can start the relay up again. But the, the one quote out of all of this that I've kind of grasped onto. And I, I shared it on social media the day that it happened. And, and that was Thomas Bach's quote where he said, the Olympic flame can become the light at the end of this dark tunnel, which I, I, I do love that statement and that sentiment. And, you know, as much as this, this sucks, and I'm not just talking about the, you know, the postponement of the Olympics, as much as that sucks for us on a personal level and something we've been looking forward to for a very long time. Mm. And, you know, rammed home by the fact that we've started this podcast in preparation for it and everything. Yeah, yeah it sucks. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just in terms of what's going on in the world now at the moment, it, it's the bigger picture and it is the right decision. But I really, I really like the idea and I hope that the world will embrace that in that whenever it may be, when all this is over and, and we can go back to normal, whatever normal will look like because i mean you know this could take mm. a very long time for things to get back to to you know to literally the way that they were yeah but the rest of the world embraces that and and when we we can come together in in 2021 and uh mm. and, and and all support, the you, you know, know all the olymp yeah all the olympic naysayers maybe they might see the importance of how sport does unite the world yeah and it is you know the biggest show in the world isn't it it is like you know you don't you don't have to love sport to enjoy an olympic games no and that 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 sort of brings us to the last date on my timeline which was march 30 when they announced the new dates that the olympic games will start on july 23rd next year and the paralympics will start on august 24 2021 which is only so. like is it a is it a day like a day earlier or a day later than i think it's a day year, be, it was meant to start on the 24th this year so that it's yeah. exactly the same time next year it's it's going to be the 23rd because mm. mm, right yeah because we had a leap here this year yeah yeah i mean i i think they obviously made the right decision it was just it was untenable for them to happen this year now yeah. just for this the sake of everyone's safety um, particularly, obviously, that the athletes and families and spectators. And yeah, and I, and I think the big thing that was coming with, and I was, you know, following it like on lots of social media, following lots of different athletes. A lot of athletes were saying, you know, even if there was that slight chance of having it this year, how are we supposed to train? Yeah. Like, you know, and like, where are we supposed to, how are we supposed to train? It wouldn't be a level playing field or, you know, how are we supposed to do our qualification events and all those sporting federations cramming to try and work out qualification events? Like, you know, it, it probably wouldn't have been a level playing field. Oh, it definitely wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, over here, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the majority of countries around the world, pools are closed, um, parks mm. are closed. You know, gyms are closed. Like, there's nothing aside from, you know, if you've got like a home gym or something. Even then, like it's not it's not the same. Like these these people who have spent their whole lives preparing for this moment, they've they've been robbed of that, and and it sucks. You know, I mean, there's, you know, we the day that it was announced, it was it was postponed. Like our our swimmer Emily Seabom, she's announced she came out into the press and said that she she doesn't know if she'll be able to compete now. You know, she yes, was she exactly. was preparing to retire after this Olympic cycle and. 
she doesn't know if her body that, can stand another 12 months of that that intense training. That's what, that's what I agree. That was one of the big things I was thinking about, you know, after it going, you know, there's probably thousands of athletes all around the world in many countries and sports that for them, this Olympics was going to be their final, their last hurrah. Cause you know, so many athletes retire after, after the, you know, the Olympics, you know, no matter how they perform, mm. they retire. And some of these athletes might not have another 12 months in them. You know, they would have pushed their body to try and get ready for this peak. And, you know, and that was, that was it for them. Yeah. So, yeah. And yet, so, on the know, other, and Emily C bombs a good, a, a good, a good example of that, you know, can they go on for another year? The Campbell's, you know, Kate Campbell, she was probably wondering whether she had another Olympic cycle in her, which has been to four. Yeah. But, you know, she's, she's, I love her statement, you know, the goalposts have just been uh, realigned. Yeah. I mean, have been moved. On the other end of the coin as well, you've got like, um, it's Chloe Esposito. Yes, who's pregnant now. Yeah, she's had to pull out for Tokyo this year because she's pregnant and all of a sudden she's been given a lifeline in like, well, I would have had my baby in enough time to start training again to, yeah. make, to make the team. So, I mean, that it, it's going to affect athletes mm. positively and negatively. Um, mm. it, you know, I guess it just depends on what side of the fence you fall on. But from mm. from what I've heard, it, it's it's across the board. I think it was the IOC who actually came out and said it that any athlete that's already qualified for the games, like yep, that they, qualification, will stand. Yeah. Well, I think I, it was the week that uh, just before it was announced of the move that Australia had announced their cycling team for for um, Tokyo, the track cycling team. Um, so, and all those athletes, you know, were excited about their positions, but then that's when, you know, the games were postponed at the end of the week that that was announced. And, um, and then of course, um, Paddle Australia announced the canoe and kayak team mm-hmm. for Tokyo. And then they said that all those athletes that have earned their places will go and all countries that have earned their quota positions as well. Yep. You know, even though they haven't selected, you know, for example, here in shooting in Australia, all our quota places at Australia one, you know, we would keep all those and then you can decide athletes. So, and a lot of sports have said that they won't have new selection events that, you know, the people that have qualified, especially, you know, shooting Australia have said, we've done our shooting trials that were meant to happen. And all those athletes that have performed and would be selected, you know, haven't announced the team yet, but they will soon will go, you know, of course, pending unless any of them are injured or retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a really good thing that everyone, you know, that's qualified so far will go. All countries get to keep their quota positions. And then I guess it gives a chance now all, you know, all those sporting federations now will have to look at how they make up the rest of their quotas now. But I guess they've got 16 months to decide how to do that. Yeah. I'm really glad too that um, Swimming Australia and the Australian Olympic Committee have decided this Olympic cycle to change the way that they normally do their qualifications. Because I think we may have spoken about this before where the Australian swimming team, the, the Australian championships are always sort of held around February, March, and yep. they've always sort of doubled as the qualifications for, you know, that year's Olympics. So 
unlike the American team where they sort of have their qualifications, is it like a month out or, or thereabouts? Yeah, it's, it's about five weeks out from the games. Yeah. yeah so they our, can get the most informed swimmers. Yeah, our team's normally, you know, chosen for at least a couple of months before the games start. Mm. So depending on when they would have been this year, like if it was, you know, was I think they were that. doing them in July, weren't they? So in June, I think they were being. Yeah. Oh no, no. I, I mean, like if, a, if they'd done it the old way, like if it would have oh, made, the old way, yeah, if it would have been held before the cutoff. The swimming is usually one of the first teams announced, Australian teams announced because they yeah. have them in January or February. Yeah. Well, it's it sort of up March because we went in March a couple of years ago. So it's in that first quarter of the year usually. So if they'd have gone the old way, it would have been interesting to see had it have made the cutoff before Corona hit, if, if it would have happened. And if it did happen, you know, we would have had an, a, a swimming team selected 18 months for the most part before the games actually start. So I'm yes. really glad that we've changed the way we do things because, yep. you know, now we still, like, we won't need to select our swimming team until, you know, May, June next year. Yes, which, you know, which will take into effect um, retirements and, and and whatnot and give maybe injured swimmers a chance to, you know, get more healthy and recover from their injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, You know, Kyle Chalmers was just on his way back late last year he was getting back into some form and he said he was going to do his best to to peak for these trials but you know that gives him a whole another year to build his strength back up again yeah i think and really be and really be ready you know i think that was one of the big problems in rio with our swimming team is that they were selected so far out of the games Mm -hmm. and we can't lie that some of those swimmers were completely out of form when they got to Rio. Well, didn't, at the qualifications, didn't Kate Campbell break like two or three world records? Yes. Just at the yeah, qualifications. She yeah, she broke the 100. I'm sure she, did she break the 100 meter? I think so. Freestyle world record. Yeah, at the selection trials. Yep. And, you know, and, you know, there, you know, there was several swimmers that were completely out of form by the time they got to Rio. And I, and then there was a lot of me of criticism. We can't be wrong about that, and I think that was one of the big problems. So yeah, you know that you know that's good. You know we've got you know sixteen months. You know for the swimmers to choose you know, whether they feel they want to push on, retire, or you know just even be more determined and have a whole another year of experience behind them. Yeah. Well, I, I still haven't done it yet, but I need to cancel my annual leave <laughs> for work <laughs> because yeah, I mean, mine's I, done. I may still have. I, I may still keep a week there just to have a bit of a break, depending on, on where we are at that time. If, you know, mm. we're allowed out of the house again and everything, I'll, I'll try mm. and maybe squeeze mm. one week in there instead of two. Mm. But yeah, I definitely, I think, there's no point having the two weeks off now. No, and I think, I think I was just talking about it with someone else the other day and maybe we're going to touch on it later, but with moving the Olympics forward, one year also to it is completely thrown out. Oh, yep, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now or later? Yeah, go for it, dude. Go for it. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, look, you know, they were completely thrown out, you know, international sporting events scheduled for next year. And like, you know, you know, the logistics in Tokyo, when you think about it, the Olympic Village, all those houses have been sold with people ready to move into them. Yep. And now, you know, there'll probably be another year where they just sit there <laughs> idle and empty. And a lot of those, you know, temp, you know, all those permanent... Um, uh, permanent uh, venues all around Tokyo, they've already been booked out. 
Yep. Like, you know, in a year's time. So, you know, they're all going to have to change. But I think in the in the interest of good faith, I'm sure that um, those sporting fans and those things would realise that, you know, the bigger picture is that we've got to let the Olympics have these venues. But I've got a feeling that the actual World Swimming Championships were actually scheduled were. for around the same time as the Olympics next year. In Japan, so, you know, probably enough. <clears throat> they were going back yeah, to, exactly. to and, um, Fukuoka. Yeah. And, um, Where they were famously know, said, in you know, 2001. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got to, uh, you know, reorganize that. And I think the World Athletics Championships was very close to the Olympics as well. Yep. You know, swimming and athletics are usually held around the same time. So they will have to be moved as well. Or, you know, do you, or do you keep going with, the championships and have sub, you know, have second tier teams go to the championships. I guess that's, that's, a, that's logistics a hard all question. These, like, I, a world a championships one, should be a world championships, but at the same time, they are like they're a world championships. All those sort of events, as great as a world championship medal is, it's the Olympics. Like those yeah. athletes, they want the Olympics, and the Olympics gives you the the press coverage and the sponsorship opportunities and things like that. Mm. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, do you just say, look, we're, we're going to cancel them. Like there's, there's no need for them mm. to be on that year. Mm. And then I heard something about moving it, moving some of those world championships to 2022, but there was, oh, what was, there was something, there well, was something that... about moving to 2022, but the time they were looking to do it clashed with the Commonwealth games. Yeah, well, that's yeah, right. But and also too, you don't forget that swimming and athletics are held every two years. So they are. you know, pushing it to the end makes them two years. You know, you'd have them one year and like only one year gap. And you know, that's not really how. Though you know, for athletics and and swimming, which are probably the two biggest Olympic sports, that's not really how they work. And athletes, their training cycles always peaked around a. You know, an Olympic Games or in the World and World Championships yeah. for Australian athletes, there's always something on every year for them. Mm-hmm. It's either a World Championships and an Olympic Games or a Commonwealth Games. Mm-hmm. You know, they have three platforms every year to to do so. Well, same with other know. countries as well, like with your, your Pan Am Games and and the is it the Asia Games or something or other. Like yeah, every, every country stuff, has yeah. their like every region has their own version of sort of like the sub version mm. of the Olympics where, you know, we've got the Commonwealth games and mm. things like that. Like it, it, it goes across the board. I mean, their games that I haven't even considered, I don't know when they're held. Like it, it could affect, it probably will affect them. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Taking dollars and, and that sort of stuff off the table, like completely taking that out of, out of account. My answer is just can them for a year. Just there's yeah. no world championships next year. It's the Olympics, and we just yeah. get back into the normal cycle. You know, you just have your like that. national selection mm. trials, and then yeah, because yeah. it mean it means a lot of athletes would have to peak twice in a year. Yeah, which is and not fair. sometimes. Yeah, like and sometimes like you know, you know, and so you've got to can think about World Cups that happen around the world, like you know, triathlon World Cups, badminton World Cups, archery World Cups. They were probably all you know, going to be around the time of the Olympics. So they'll all have to be moved or whatnot. And, you know, and athletes wouldn't have been expecting, they would have had to been training and trying to peak for an Olympic games while they're, you know, so, you know, but 
I do think the greater thing is that all the federations and all these different events will work with the Olympic Committee to yeah. move their events, postpone or cancel their events to accommodate the Olympic Games. Well, yeah, like the Olympics are the granddaddy of them all. Like, I'm, I'm sorry mm. to, to all the other ones, but you, you need to... You kind of need to bend to their will. You need to work in with that Olympic movement because that's, like I said, that's what all the athletes want. Like a World Championship medal and a Commonwealth Games medal and a Pan Am medal, that sort of like they're all great, but they want that Olympic medal. That that's the one. Yep, that goes at the top of their uh, sporting profile on Wikipedia. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> <coughs> definitely. So, yeah, I I just yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, and it is it is a shame that that that's what we've we've had to come back with is, is reporting on this news and is, I mean, uh, overall taking it all in, like where, where are you at with it all? Like, how's it all sitting with you now? It's been it's two weeks, I think close to two weeks since the announcement. Um, yeah. We've sort of um, all had time think, to adapt to it a bit. Like, where are you at? Yeah. You know, I was, you know, in talking with friends and family, I was like going, yeah, you know what? It still could happen in July. Like, you know, don't forget that's four months away. It's at the end of July, last week of July. I'm still hopeful it could happen. And then I'm a little bit after, I was like, oh, look, worst case scenario, they just won't have any crowds, you know, because sporting was, events were being held. That was something that was looking, looking like a real possibility at one stage there. Yeah, I, you know, I don't at know. That particular, <laughs> yeah, at that particular time, sporting events were being held with no crowds. Yeah. So I'm going, maybe that will continue. And, but, you know, then the, you know, the pandemic got worse and I'm going, I'm saying, oh, it's going to get cancelled. But, you know, I was like, you know, this year to me, was, you know, it was an Olympic year. We've been waiting this and it was like in our time zone. So I wouldn't have to be up all <laughs> yeah. night and then sleep all day. And, you know, you and I would be able to sit down and watch them live together. Mm, and record as we watch and, and do, do like a yeah, daily yeah. wrap and everything. That was the plan. Ex exactly. <laughs> and that was like going to be exciting for us. You know, and all you know, our listeners know that that's what we were going to do. So I'm still hugely disappointed. I wish they were happening this year. Yeah. I really do. That's what, you know, was been scheduled on, you know, in my phone on my calendar and like I had like a little countdown clock that was going to go off the week before. But <laughs> I understand that what's happening in the world now is bigger than that. And, yeah. you know, I need to put my disappointment aside and, and I'm, you know, and I understand what's going on. And, you know, and I've seen it from an athlete's point of view, you know, how can they train to, to get there when they can't leave their yard, you know, yeah. you know, I've been, you know, as an example, which, you know, really put me in reality, you know, um, I follow um, Alex Demonor, the Australian yep. tennis player play, on, yep. on Instagram. And, you know, he's like in Spain, um, I think in Alicante in Spain, like, just like in, it, in his house on his own. Yep. And that's what, you know, because Spain is, you know, right in the huge big part of the crisis yeah, at Spain, the moment. Spain even Italy. Yeah. And he, you know, his family lit up the road, but he's just stuck in his house and like, you know, there's no tennis, but he's just going nuts in his house. He can't get out on a tennis court. He's been like, he goes, he's sick of playing golf and with his football in his backyard and he's like bored out, you know, and he can't do anything. So that put into reality going, well, and he's a tennis player. So, you know, I mean, he don't be at the Olympics for a week, but he has a whole year's worth of talk of tournaments yeah. you know he won't he won't be able to go to you know wimbledon was just cancelled yep first time since recently and just on the news today people are talking about well can we have the us open this year which is september 
-hmm. you know, the last week, you know, this is, which is in September. And currently, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Flushing Meadows is being used as an emergency hospital. In it is, yeah. Yeah. So they're going, you know, can we clear out Flushing Meadows in time, when you, you know, to get the grounds ready so you know you know and as I said like going back to Alex like you know watching going there's only one of many athletes going they not you know logistically now in my mind I'm going you know they they wouldn't have a chance to be ready and train properly to go so no I understand completely now and it, it's funny like I'd been saying for a couple of weeks um that this this is going to be like our war you know, uh, well, actually, before that, when when a few of my friends were like, "Do you think the Olympics will be cancelled um, or postponed?" My response was always, um, "They've only ever been cancelled for two reasons: World War One and World War Two. They'll be fine." Yeah. You know, this yep. this isn't that. This isn't that bad. It's not that big a thing. No. And yep. then, sort of, as time went on, when when you know things started happening and and the quarantining and self isolation and and things started shutting down, I I was saying to a few people like. This this feels like it could be our our war in terms of the way life needs to really drastically change, and that was before I'd even I, I'd sort of even considered the fact that that something could happen to the Olympics because I was the same as you. I was like, oh, but by July I'll be fine, you know. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, it, <laughs> as more and more time has gone on, I'm really thankful that they have postponed and not cancelled because really where we are now in terms of our lifetime this is like a world war, you know, we're seeing makeshift hospitals be put up, you know, like you said, in Flushing Meadows, in Central Park, um, you know, companies that usually manufacture, it really hit me during the week actually because uh, I was listening to the news here in Australia and, and fashion manufacturers and machinery manufacturers and stuff, they're ceasing their normal production and, you know, yep. the fashion manufacturers are moving into making hospital garments and surgical masks and the machinery masks makers and, yeah, yeah they're yeah. making um, machinery makers and ventilators ventilators yeah. and things and that's where it really hit me it's like shit this this it's the war effort like it's the mm. thing that you you used to hear like my grandparents talk about during world war 2 where the you know the factory that pop worked in or you know at the time like he couldn't go to the war for for health reasons he had a really bad stomach mm. and he got turned away um by medical mm. staff but, you know, they, they stopped doing what they were doing and it was, you know, collecting metal and making ammunition and stuff like that. It's that. It's exactly the yep. same, except the, they're not yep. making bullets. They're making, you know, but it's still armour to protect us and, and the people on the mm. front line who are fighting this thing. And it, it's... That's right. You know, realistically, if, if they had have cancelled the Olympics... It, it it would have made sense. I'm really glad they didn't. But yeah. based on what's happening yeah. at the moment, it, they were probably well within their rights too. So I'm I'm the same mm. as you. Like I'm I've my, I've come to terms with it a lot more now. Like this was just one of many dominoes to fall for me. Like uh, you know yeah. you know and I'm you know the listeners may know if, <laughs> if you've listened to my other show. Like I'm a big pop culture guy as well. So my two big loves are Batman and James Bond. So the first one for me that, that fell was the new James Bond movie, which is meant to be coming out this coming Thursday. Um, yeah, actually, Wednesday, yeah. this coming Wednesday. So in four days' time, I was meant to be seeing it. And that got canned about four weeks ago. They announced that it was being... It was moved. one of the first things yeah. when 
when cin when um product you know cinemas and production come is movie studios. I think No Time to Die was the first one to be moved. It was the first wasn't biggie. It? it was the first biggie, and then. Yep. I mean, I was ropeable. I was so angry. I was like, <laughs> I this is an overreaction. This is bullshit. This is ridiculous. It's yeah. not necessary. I was so mad. But, it, you know, a couple of days later, I'd started to calm down, but I was still disappointed, obviously. And it was only literally three days before I'd bought my tickets for gold class for opening night. You know, I was I was distraught, but, you know, that got moved. This year was meant to be such, like, my year. Everything was happening. Like, all the things that I love, aside from a Batman movie, all my loves were, were coming around. It, it start, was starting with the Bond movie. Um, then mm. I was, you know, the new Wonder Woman movie, the new Ghostbusters mm. movie, which has now been and moved was... to March next year, the Olympics, all that. It was all happening and all of it's just gone to shit now. Like it, it's August, they've still got Wonder Woman pegged for August, but I wouldn't be surprised if it moves again. But, you know, um, Ghostbusters has now moved to March next year. Like literally everything that I'd been looking forward to this year so far, aside from Wonder Woman, like I said, but I'm still, I'm expecting it to get moved again. It's either not happening this year or it's like Bond, it's happening at the end of the year. But again, God knows what the the world's going to look like then. Like who knows, you know? That's right. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird and scary time that we live in. And I, you know, but I'll say it now because I don't want to forget before we sign off later on, but I do want to send a special shout out to our American listeners. Um, but I really do feel for you guys at the moment. I mean, obviously yep. the whole world is going through this, but you, I don't want to get political. I, think... I don't want to get political on here, but you, you know, we all know what's happening and what's not yep. happening. And from the, you know, the highest leader in that country, it's just, it's just horrible. And I feel so mm. bad for them. And I just pray that, you know, all our, all our listeners and, and, you know, friends from the Olympic Fever podcast and, and their group and everything, that they all remain safe and healthy because, by God, they're, they're not getting any help yep. from where they really need it. So, yeah, we're, no, we're, we're thinking of you guys. We really are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I guess in our here in our little corner of the world, we're a little island out here down the bottom of the world. So, yeah. you know, and... You know, you know, we it was we only came into this country from a few sources. So you know, I just you know, I'm touching on the um, COVID nineteen. Those little island nations like Tonga and you know the Cook Islands that you know they're completely surrounded by water. You know, I just those countries that would have no medical means to protect their citizens. That's why you know those guys you know closing their borders and mm. you know saying you know no international visitors and you know they're also these little countries that in touching that they're the ones that we're going to send athletes here and there yeah. to qualification events around the world and you know and um so they're all they're all locked away now and um who knows when they'll be able to to get out and about or let people in or or whatnot so mm. and, and we talked before about <clears throat> pardon me with you know the olympics hopefully being the thing when you know in july next year that really does it'll be hope it'll be the first big thing that will unify the world again and trying to sort of see a silver lining on a really 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 dark cloud is that this has been the biggest equalizer that i've ever seen you know it doesn't matter your your background your wealth your ethnicity you know, where you live, where you work, everybody, 
is in the same situation here. Rich, yeah. poor, famous, you know, it, everyone. And in some ways it's a, a positive that could come out of this is it, it could bring us closer together as a species. And, and I really hope that, that that can, that can be the legacy of this horrible time is that, you know, we can, we can look back at how things were and yeah, it was great, but this can maybe bring us all together in the way, ironically, because we can't be together physically at the moment, but you know, every day on the news, you're seeing, you know, lovely stories of people reaching out and helping people who they've, they've never met neighbors that they don't talk to. Um, you know, you're seeing dance parties on streets and things like that, you know, practicing social distancing. It, there are a lot of lovely stories coming out of this uh, alongside the, the cute little the thing about, you know, putting putting teddy bears in windows for kids. Yeah, I mean, when I... going out for their walk. That's all around, happening all around the world. I, I did that um, myself. Like, I don't, I don't have a toy teddy bear. The closest I had, and this would be a segue for what we'll talk about in a minute, um, the only the closest thing I had to a, a teddy bear was my um, Borobi mascot from the 2018 Commonwealth <laughs> Games. And I was Dingery. like, I'm like, I'm not putting him in the window because I don't want him to fade. <laughs> so, but I, again, being a big Batman fan, I did have a, a soft, um, soft toy Batman that I put in the window with a little sign with the, you know, the bat symbol saying, you know, uh, I can't even remember what it says now, but, you know, I hope it, you know, stay safe out there. We're all in this together because it's been teddy bears and rainbows have kind of been the two things that people have been putting in windows. So I've, I've got a Batman soft toy in the window with a little sign yeah. that says, you know, stay safe out there. We're all in this together with a rainbow on it. And, you know, it's just a little something because we do have kids in the neighborhood. So, if, you know, when they're out for a mm. walk, hopefully they see it and it at least puts a smile on their face. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I live down an easement, so we're not even on the main road. Otherwise, I would have loved it. I've got a, a window right near the front of the house. It would have been perfect. to put. Yeah. I, I think I might have even put our um, my summer, the... Olympic, the Sydney Olympic mascots in there, you know, that would have been fun. Um, <laughs> except no one would see them except except myself and the parents when they're coming in the driveway. Sid, so. Sid Ollie and Dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> As made famous for in HD. Millie. Yeah, Millie. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, let, I didn't want to have this whole episode be, you know, down in the dumps, you know, sort of kicking the dirt going, oh, woe is us. <laughs> we don't have an Olympics Which I don't year. think we have, you know. No. It's, as you said, it's an elephant in the room and I'm sure all our listeners who are happy to have us back on board, they've all been thinking, I wonder what the two of them think about everything. So, yeah. you know, I, I've had friends message me saying, hey, you know, when's the next episode and what are you guys going to talk about now? And I said, well, you know, we can't not, but, you know, does it, is it, you know, I guess uh, our listeners will just have to put up with us for an extra year now. <laughs> well, and I mean, <laughs> I put out that statement too the day that it, the news broke that it was postponed, like, and I did do it on behalf of the both of both of us. And I knew you shared the same sentiments, even though I told you after the fact that <laughs> I didn't, I mean, we could have, the day that it broke, we could have, you know, tried to jump behind the mics and, and record then and there and sort of get in there, like, you know, strike while the iron's hot and everything. Mm. I just couldn't. Honestly, the no. last thing I wanted to do was sit down and talk about the Olympics. I was, mm. you know, we, I know this sounds so stupid given what's going on in the world at the moment. I was kind of in a sense of mourning. Like yeah. I was still trying to oh. come to terms to the fact that, with the fact that it wasn't happening this year anymore. And we were, you mm. know, and the Olympic flame had just been lit, like, you know, 
I, I couldn't mm. I just couldn't do it. I needed to have that mm. that couple of weeks space and, and I'm I'm in a good place mm. with it all now. So I'm glad that mm. you know Same. And now that you've got you your know tech what it stuff is, sorted out, we can we can make this more of a regular thing again. Yeah, and um, you know, and it it is, you know, real you know, we experienced like last year, it is real like when that the flame goes out at the end of the closing ceremony and then you kind of have to come Sad. down from a a high like you know, I've I felt like that after Sydney and Athens. Mate, I felt like that for all of months them. after the Sydney Olympics, and I wasn't even there. Yeah, and and you know, and like after watching it, because you know, your life's all about you know the joy of sport and seeing athletes achieve their goals, and you know the highs and the lows, the disappointments, the disqualifications, mm-hmm. the world records, the whatnot, and it's you know the the biggest show on earth, and you know the everything that goes with it, and then you come and go down low, and you know. You know, you know, you. I know you bring it up. It's really about the Com Games, but that's how you and I felt after the Commonwealth Games. We finished a couple of years ago. Remember, it's like, yeah. Oh, are you on a bit of a downer? Yeah, I'm on a bit of a downer. Yeah. Well, that then that's the perfect segue, actually. Like, this is kind of time. To, even if we had been recording um, between you know November and now, we still would have. We probably would have done a whole episode focusing on this. But yesterday marked the second anniversary of this, the beginning of the 2018 Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, which yep. you and I were at for the whole duration of the games. And I, I like, That's you know, look, right. we'll, we'll get all the, get all the, the sad stuff out the way first. And we'll sort of bring the episode home with a bit of a look back and, and remembering the, yeah. And it's funny, like you and talk I'll about, it, I'll, I'll, I'll... I want to give it like a shout out to uh, one of our wonderful listeners, Cheryl Moran, who uh, yes. <laughs> let us have a little, have a little, have a little bachelor pad there while we were there. And we, you know, you decorated it all and everything. It was a little great sporting hub for us right near the beach volleyball. So thank you very much, Mrs. Moran. We enjoyed our time there. It was a Certainly perfect did. little I, spot I, for us. Seeing yeah. her comment on Facebook yesterday made me smile so much because I've still never met her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And it's so funny in the last, in the two years since the game, Games have happened. Um, I've gone to Coolangatta so many times with like my wife and friends because going back there, going there for that period of time in the games made me fall back in love with that part of the Gold Coast or just in the Gold Coast in general because I, I'd, I'd sort of always yeah. been a, a Sunshine Coast guy and I've gone to Greenmount Beach and stuff so many times and even you know been in the shopping center there where where their apartments are attached to, and there's been a couple of times I'm like. I wonder if I should just buzz the unit, but I never have. But but yeah, no, sort of... I'm sure I know Mrs. Moran. She would love would love for you to come up and say hello. So um, you two should definitely get in, yeah, connect and get in contact. And I know she'd love it. But I do, yeah. So thank you very much, Mrs. Moran, for uh, letting us have that place because it it helped with the spirit of the thing. Because I know you love to get up and go to the beach and everything. Oh, it's great. Before we get stuck into a day of sports. So. Yeah. But yes, I mean that that started two years ago yesterday, and I when I was posting about it on Facebook on um on the our, our Facebook page and also my personal one, <clears throat> pardon me, I really had the it was a weird feeling because a I was kind of sad that it's been two years and I just I really wish I could go back in time and do it all again because it was so fun, but mm. I also had that moment of just like, man, this sucks like. Not only do I want to go back to, to obviously to relive the games again and that whole experience, but I just want to go back to the way life was back then, you know? Yes. yes. When, because, you know, we were so active, we were going everywhere, mixing the public, like 
can you imagine some kind of social distancing while you're lining up to get into a stadium? Well, that's what I said to you. Like, I'm. <laughs> can you imagine if this had have happened two years ago? Like, they would yep. have had to cancel the games. Like that completely cancelled. Yeah. Because yeah, and it, could you imagine how devastated we would have been? Yeah. <laughs> And America still would have been saying, why aren't we sending a team to the Commonwealth Games? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so yesterday was Mark's the second anniversary of, of um, the opening ceremony. And typical of, of myself, I, I did watch the opening ceremony yesterday as a, as a little a little look back. And, you know, I've, I've done the same thing for Sydney for nearly every year of the last 20 years on the 15th <laughs> of September. I, I always look back at the opening ceremony. and but no, I think we'll was... have to do a 20-year anniversary special podcast for well, yeah I, I messaged you earlier and i said yeah we should because we're not having the two weeks of the olympics off we should both get the 15th of september off and uh and and watch just spend the whole day watching sydney 2000 stuff and yeah and while, while we're talking about this stuff actually i just want to do want to give a quick shout out to our listener andrew um who got in contact with us a couple of weeks ago and uh mm. and has lovingly given us access to digital access to a large library that he's got of Olympic and Commonwealth Games yeah. footage from over the years. I've I've been watching a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks. It couldn't have come at a better time with all this self-isolation going on and also mm. finding out that we weren't getting Tokyo this year. Uh, we've got a lot to go through and, and, and thanks to him, I was able to, I didn't even need to get out of bed yesterday morning when I woke up. I woke up quite early um, to go and get sort of my copy on, on hard drive of the opening ceremony. I could just like flick my my iTunes sorry my um Apple TV box on and stream it straight into the the TV in my mm. bedroom so that was and you know I just wanted to give him a shout out and thank you so much for a the support mm. of, of the show and and yes, B, for reaching you. out thank and you. and giving us access to your library that's such a lovely gesture and definitely not one it we're was, taking yeah. for granted <laughs> yeah and it'll, there's many 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 hours we could probably just still take our two weeks off that we'd planned in july and just sit and watch everything <laughs> actually that'd, that'd be that'd kind of cool actually for if we do that <laughs> that episode on the 15th of september to get him on as a guest because i mean he he yeah. his brother was a volunteer there and he lived yeah. it. he's got he and i've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks actually and he he, you know, he's been to a lot of the the commemorative ceremonies and things like that, and yeah, it, it um, it'd be very interesting to include him in the conversation awesome. for a twentieth anniversary special. So, so pencil that into your calendar. But yeah, I I thought we should sort of do a little look back on on our, the fun we had, you know, this time two years ago, and, mm. and I, I remember this day clearly, like it was the day after the opening ceremony, and. I, uh, I, I, you went to so much more sport than I did, but I went to mm. the sport. I went first because I ended up, I got tickets to the, the heats of the swimming the first morning yeah, of competition, right. which I went by yeah, myself. Yeah, that's right. I remember. And I remember when I was like getting them, I could only get one. Yeah. And I said, right, well, you, you go get it. I've got lots of sport. You go and do that. And you can tell me what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And then as, as luck would have it, like, and a lot of the tickets that I got, and even you end up getting quite a few as well. Um, after the lottery was all said and done, the, there was the official um, aftermarket sale of all the, of the games tickets as well, where people had got tickets to things that they, you know, either couldn't go to or they had too many, and, th- and they could on sell the tickets they'd bought, but they could only sell them for the price that they bought them for. There was no scalping or price gouging or anything, and I ended up getting us tickets to the first night swimming final, which those mm. tickets were so hard to get and I just happened to be on at the right time. And there was two, I think they were bronze tickets to, to the opening yep. night of finals. And 
you know, we got to go together, which was great because it, it really there wasn't a lot of stuff that we got to go to together. Um, no, no. But we got to go together. We saw a lot of gold medals. We, my highlight of the games in terms of the stuff that I saw came from that night where um, we saw the women's 100-meter freestyle relay break, break the world record, take out record, the gold medal. Yep. You know, Prince Charles was there. Um, it was right, just, yep. it was just really, it was such a cool experience. You know, being there that opening night of swimming because it's, you know, that it's a, for some reason the opening night of swimming is always at any event. It's always a really big night, and sort of to be there with that amount of people was was fantastic. It was so cool. Yeah, just kicks off the program, and you know, yeah. But I guess even even before the sport started, like we. We got there to the to our our apartment the night before, the you know the day of the opening ceremony, <clears throat> and mm. and that that day that leading into the opening ceremony, like you and I, we caught the bus into sort of you know Broad Beach, the main area of the Gold Coast, and and went out to where the baton relay was going to be, and yep, yep. We got to see really it's 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 big last leg before it appeared again before mm. the opening ceremony because. All the That's support right. staff and runners and stuff who'd been with it through its journey in Australia, which was hundred and something days. I can't remember the exact amount of time it was, but um, we got to see their handoff. Like it was um, Olympic and Commonwealth Games medalist um, Lisa Curry in swimming. She ran yep. the baton to to where we were, and then we got to see Olympian and um, again Commonwealth Games competitor uh, Ken Wallace take the baton and, and put it on his kayak and uh, off he went with it. And, and the support staff were kind of crying and cheering because their, you know, their games were, were over because it was, yep. it was the last thing they had to do. <laughs> and that was really That's cool. We right. got to meet them and have, you know, photos with, with, um, with Lisa and yeah. Ken. And, and it was cool. Like, and I was very lucky because I, uh, I hadn't been able to see the baton relay prior to that. Um, through circumstances that I, I won't really go into. I, I'd planned to see it at, at South Bank here in Brisbane on the Saturday before the, the game started, they're having a big celebration. I was there with my mother. We were waiting for it to arrive. And then there was a medical emergency in my family. So I had to leave. Um, <clears throat> so it was really looking like I potentially wasn't going to get to see the baton relay. Um <laughs> And That's just, right, because I'd sent you pics of when I was seeing it when it came to Redlands, and I think we had um, Tatiana Grigorieva was um, had yeah. it when yeah. See, I I was I was adamant that day. I was like, I don't care where we have to go, you and I are going to see the baton because I can't <laughs> not see the baton relay, you know. <laughs> and and thankfully right. we, we got there. After a little bit of uh, protests, were holding it up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we won't but, go into um, that. <laughs> No, no, but you know, the, you know, the Commonwealth, the lit, the flat, uh, the torch relay spirit shone through. Yeah, and, and and for the people who who may not be aware, like the the Commonwealth Games version of the torch relay is the Queen's baton relay. So it's yep. usually um, on Commonwealth Day the year before the games start. Um, they'll have a ceremony at Buckingham Palace, and the Queen will write a, a message and put it in the baton, and then it'll obviously get handed over to the runners. And it, it usually visits <clears throat> all parts of the Commonwealth and, you know, it gets delivered at the opening ceremony. The final runner is usually, it's like the, tor- you know, the, who's going to light the cauldron, um, who's that final runner going to be. And, you know, the the end of it is 
you know, they hand it over. It's usually the queen, um, but she doesn't travel yeah. overseas anymore. So the last couple of times it's been, you know, Prince Charles or, you know, mm. a royal. And if you think about it next year, Brendan, the um, Commonwealth baton relay will probably be happening in an Olympic year. So you could have... That's true. Because it, it, set, it sets out a year because in Manchester next year, mm. so in 2022, I should say. Birmingham. So you could have the, yeah, or Birmingham, I should say, sorry, yeah. And um, uh, that could be going while the Olympic flames in uh, in operation as well. Yeah. That's never happened before, ever. No. So, I mean, so, yeah, and then, like, obviously, yeah, the, the final runner hands the baton over to, in, in the Gold Coast case, it was Prince Charles. Um, and they open the baton and take the message out and read the the Queen's opening message. So it, it's different to the tor- you know, the Olympic torch relay in the fact that there's only one. You know, like I know with the torch relay, it's the flame that you're passing on, but with the mm. Queen's baton relay, it's literally a baton. There is one baton mm. from the start to mm. finish, and that that's what gets passed around the world. So yeah, that just to clear it up, I thought for people who may not know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> And that's, I mean, that's still on a bit of a tangent there. That's one thing that does kind of bug me a little bit with other games, like your, your Pan Am games and things like that. I, I don't like that they do a torch relay, like, and have, they have like a flame that, I don't know, to me, that's, that should be something that's just for the Olympics, like do a, a relay of something else. <laughs> yes. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would agree with you. Yeah. But like it, uh, the Olympic flames are very special thing. Yeah. You know, it means a lot to a lot of athletes. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we, we, um, we decorated the apartment. We had Aussie flags up and, you know, green mm. and gold, like beach balls and things all over the place. And yeah. Yeah. Watched the yeah. opening ceremony and the, together and had a great and time. The beach volleyball stadium was just around the corner. We couldn't, mm. you know, just around the corner from the balcony. If we re- if we leaned out on the balcony, probably to the point of falling off, we would have been able to see it. Yeah. You could, well, you could definitely hear it um, from yep. where we were. You could, hear it, yeah. you could, you were looking down pretty much onto the live site that they had outside the venue. Um, mm. We had the big screen and the crowds gathering and things like that. So there were, there were a few times when you were off at other sports and, you know, the, the, particularly the gold medal matches and everything, I just walked across the road to the live sites and, and watched them mm. on the big screen with the, the live sound of the crowd and everything behind me. So that was, mm. that was an experience, but. You know, and, mm. the, you know, and for the beach volleyball, we were there for the very first session on the very first day when beach volleyball made its um, Commonwealth Games debut. So that was a pretty special thing. Yeah. And that was something that we got tickets for in the original lottery. Um, we were able yeah. to go to the beach volleyball together, but again, in that aftermarket, um, marketplace i ended up getting tickets on the first saturday so yeah we went to the volleyball on the friday because the games the opening ceremony was on the wednesday thursday we went to the swimming the friday morning we did volleyball and then we ended up going again together on the saturday afternoon which was great because we got to see the australian girls that's right who were they playing again uh, uh when they playing Granada? Yeah. It was Granada. Yeah. Yes. We have uh <laughs> fun memories of that game. Yes, very much so. And you know, good on Granada for, for being there too. And you know, so you know, that's what once again what this kind of big sporting thing is it brings the world together where little sporting minnows can play against the big teams and everyone's there to have fun and celebrate and share the joy of sport. Yeah. And it was great seeing well. Maria Fain and to, uh, to, I'm tongue-tied, <laughs> Taliqua Clancy, um, you know, our volleyball girls. And I've, I've got a 
a soft spot for mirror fame. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? You know, Brendan, in the last Could year, be a hard those spot, girls. Actually, but... <laughs> yes, that's what I was about to correct you on that. <laughs> um, those girls have done amazing things. I think oh, last year, or this year, they won a bronze medal at the World Championships. Yeah, and that's a, a big way. thing. That it's really hard to win a medal at the World Championships in beach volleyball when it's dominated by Brazil and the USA. That was a great achievement for them. And they've got, a, I think, I'm sure they're top 10 ranked as well. So, you know, mm. in another year's time, another year's exper- experience, another year on the tour, could they be, a, you know, a really strong medal chance for Australia? Yeah. In the final, from memory, it was uh, Australia v. Canada in the beach volleyball. Canada, yeah. I think in, for both, actually, the men and women, it was Canada for both. Yes. And unfortunately, yeah. the ladies missed out and got the silver, but the men men took the gold. That's which was right, cool. yeah. But I mean, for myself, I mean, after the um, after the couple of beach volleyball events, I had a few days where I had no events, and then you and I did um, a week after the opening ceremony on the Wednesday night. We did the night session together at the athletics. Um, mm. I'd never done. Which I don't think you've been to a big like, no, a big athletics event like that. Yeah. So that was that so, was a really fun experience, and yeah. After that, for me, it was um, I went to the basketball semifinals, and then yeah. to the men's gold medal match on the final day of competition for basketball as well. Again, Australia v. Canada and mm. Australia got the chocolates, but you, you went to a lot more. So I'll let you kind of yeah. <laughs> talk about what you, what you did. Well, I think, um, you know, I do remember, um, I think it was that first weekend, like I really wanted tickets for the cycling, but they were so yeah. hard to get. Oh, yeah, I would have loved so, to have but, gone to that. Yeah. But like, you know, I was like, like, so I went to the shooting on a Saturday morning and I do remember I went with my um, friend Kelly, who she used to do shooting. Um, and uh, I was actually the first person through the gates on the very first day of shooting on, on that Saturday. So oh, nice. I kind of, I kind of pushed my way through the crowd and first through security, first through the gate, first to have my um, ticket scanned. And then I <laughs> sprinted over to the, um, uh, where they were, the women's skeet was the very first event and women's skeet qualification. So we scooted over and that was very early in the morning. So I sat there in the bloody blazing mm-hmm. sun for two hours waiting for it to start. But yeah, we got, we got good seats. And then I think after that, is that when it was over, I had to leave a little bit. I couldn't stay the whole day because I had to drive. Cause that was held in Belmont up in Chandler in Brisbane. Yeah. And at the, at the Belmont shooting complex. And then I think I drove um, back down to the, all the way down to Coolangatta for us to be in time to go to the beach volleyball in the afternoon. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it was. And yeah, I think I went to virtually every athletic session. That's yeah. That's um, you to a T though. You love your athletics. That is me to T. But you know, and so I would get up in the morning, you know, the days there, I there had were days that I didn't see you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because <laughs> I would get up in the morning, we would maybe see each other for breakfast, but sometimes you'd, either have gone to an event or you'd be out, you know, I'd be out at the, at beach, the beach or I'd still be in yeah. bed, depending on when you had so, to yeah. get up and leave. That's right. So I get up and get ready and get on the bus up to athletics, go there for the morning session. And then once that was over, I would catch the bus all the way back down to Coolangatta, have a shower, get changed because I was, you know, covered in sunscreen and sweat. So I just wanted to, plus they closed the stadium between yeah. the morning and the afternoon session. So there was like kind of, not a lot to have done around there because I mean, you know, there was other sports going on, but 
they were on at the same time and there wasn't really any live sites there. So they didn't come home. So I'd get have a shower and then I'd get back on the bus and head all the way out for the night session. And, you know, they wouldn't finish till like 10 or 10.30. So I was, potentially wasn't getting home till midnight sometimes. Yeah, and I'd be in bed. <laughs> and then it was You're well literally in bed, yeah. It was kind of rinse and repeat for, the, for however long it, it was. But I, It was, yeah. Those days when you were doing that and I didn't have events to go to, the majority of my time, like I'd... Um, of a morning, I'd I'd get up and go for a bit of a walk, and then come home and have breakfast, and then sort of mid morning, I'd go down to the beach, and spend you know an hour or so in the beach, which just I love going to the beach anyway, and, and Green Mountain Beach is just absolutely beautiful, uh, and then you know I'd come home, watch sport uh, on the telly while I was you know having lunch, just sort of spending the afternoon in the apartment. And then, yeah, and same sort of thing. We, like and we text each, text each other while events was going on, like, and going, you know, this, you know, we've won a medal here or this person's, you know, been disqualified here or whatever. So. Yeah. And then, you know, and I'd sort of get my dinner ready and I'd be in for the night just in front of the TV watching the sport. Mm. It was, it was so mm. much, I, I, it's the most fun I've ever had in the last, you know, however many years mm. without this is going to sound really weird, but without being with my wife, <laughs> like yeah. I left my wife in Brisbane and I was away for two, two whole weeks without seeing her. And ordinarily I'd be missing her so much. And this isn't, you know, this isn't to say I don't miss and love my wife. I obviously do. No, but, but it just goes, but, I was having so much fun that well, that's right. Yeah. It didn't really come into play because I was just yes. I was living the dream. It was so cool. And you know, there was yeah. a few times you know, I, I went, and, to surface paradise and, as and of well. course she was always welcome to come down and join us but you know logistics it wasn't working out and i'm it's like well it's like oh, you're going to be watching well, yeah that was two the weeks. thing like no, the, thank you the couple of weekends <laughs> like the two weekends that the games sort of were you know that fell while the games are on she had stuff on like the the last weekend mm. she would have loved to have come down but she was performing that weekend and just it, it couldn't happen and it would have been great, and for the, you know, during the week she was working. Like it just, it, it was logistically mm. impossible. But I was going to say, like I went a couple of times in, and I caught the, the the, the um, bus and then the light rail into Surface Paradise, sort of the, the entertainment sort of heartland of the Gold Coast, where they had like your big live site set up and that you know, and no merchandise. There, I was going to say around there, you had like your big official game stores and things like that. Um, that were empty. One, yeah, one thing that they didn't really plan on, I don't, is the merchandise and how popular it was going to yep. be. Like, the game yep, started on the, the Wednesday. Completely wrong. Yeah. yeah, the game started on the Wednesday. By the Friday, Saturday, um, a Borobi, the the mascot, the koala mascot of the games, you, it was like trying to find toilet paper now. <laughs> Yes, and you know what? That's not an was, exaggeration. It <laughs> it's it literally it what literally it was like. And they, I were, think, they were going on eBay think, for a fortune. I think I remember you saying while I was away at, at the athletics, you're saying, I found some, a Borobi in a chemist window. I didn't, I, you know, you, I don't think you had any money with you. you I think you went and asked him to put it on hold. Yeah. So I, I got <laughs> and sort then, of the, And then you ran back and bought it. I got sort of like the medium-sized Borobi, and I got that the opening night of the swimming. Thank God. Because I was like, oh, yep. I'll get it later on. I thank, thankfully, I didn't. I bought mine then and there. Um, and then, yeah, it was sort of midway through the, the second week of the, the games. I'd been at the beach. I'd been going for a swim. And for whatever reason, I decided to walk home the long way. So I sort of went around the back way to get to, to, the, to the apartments. Mm. 
and there was a chemist there and I just happened to walk past and I saw inside the chemist, it was literally just inside the door on a shelf and there was about three or four people standing around. There was a little box with sort of the smaller size Barbie in it. So what, probably five inches high, something like that. Like, yeah, probably about that. Yeah. It was around, it was around 12 or $15, something like that. And of course me just being at the beach, I didn't have my wallet (laughs) and I knew how much you wanted a mascot. So I ran in, and grabbed one and just said to them, look, I only live like five, I'm, I'm staying five minutes away. Can you please hold this for me? I'll be, I'm just going to quickly go home. I'll grab my wallet and I'll come back. And like, look, it's fine. Don't rush. Well, they took my name. They put it beside behind the counter where all the prescription drugs and stuff are. And <laughs> I ended up going home and having a quick shower and then walking back down. But I, I got you one, but that was pure ass that I was, I just happened yeah. to be walking past. And that, what I reckon 25 minutes later when I got there, the box, it was completely empty. There was nothing, nothing at all. It was, yeah. Like I think, you know, and me going around to all the different venues and different sports, I think that was one of the major things that really only one of the major things that were wrong is that they didn't get the merchandise right. I don't Mm. think they realized how popular merchandise is going to be. Even, even like sport pins at the venues. Yep were so i mean like i was going to athletics you know every day mm-hmm. and no no pins and every day they'd be like oh we might be getting some more tomorrow no yeah well you and i said nah. we, we were going to get pins from every event that we physically went yep. to and i yep. still and le- i still don't have an athletics one and you know what i still um, every so often i still look on ebay and i have never found an a, a commonwealth games 2018 athletics pin yeah they're like unicorn like poop. They, they are like, because there were hardly any of them around. Like, you know, um, in the shooting after I, I'd done the morning events, I went over to the merch center and, and got, I managed to get a shooting pin. And then I went and watched some pistol um, shooting. And by the time I'd come back to, um, to head back to my car to drive back down, and all, the, all the pins were gone. And there, and that was the first day after about six hours, they were all gone. I, and I don't think they would be getting restocked. I knew they were in trouble when the game started on the Wednesday. That Sunday I is when, one of the times I went into surface and I went to the main, like the, the main official game store that they'd set up, sort of in sort of the surface Broad Beach area there. And it was, it was virtually bare. I mean, yeah, I think they, I remember you sending some me a stuff. picture and I'm going, what? They had some stuff, but sizes were so limited, styles mm. were so limited, and people were literally just buying anything they could just to have something. Mm. And I'm like, there's still seven days to go. Like, yeah. they're in trouble. <laughs> yep. Like, at the Athletic Stadium, I always live in hope that things would turn up, but every day I'd turn up and there would be the Borobee Sipper Cups, whole shelves and shelves of Borobee Head Sipper Cups, and that's yeah. all the merchandise they would have. Yeah. It was it was nuts, and, yeah. But you know what? I do it all in the heartbeat. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then I think I'd probably on the first ad, I'd probably skip whatever I'm going to have and just go around to all the different venues and buying all the pins and all the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well, the stuff even, that I missed out on. Even the because, like I said, the the apartment we stayed in, there's like a sh- little shopping mall thing underneath it. The supermarket that's in there, the the Woolworth supermarket, the day that the game started. They had racks and racks and racks of merchandise, like the Borobies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. By the yep. Friday, they had nothing left. It was yeah, it was gone. I remember, and that was yeah, you know, and that was on the the Gold Coast in the supermarket. And you're right, 
you know, not, you know, down the wards end out of the big tourist areas, but you're right. It was all gone. Yeah. It was nuts. <laughs> I wore mm-hmm. yesterday. I wore my um, 2018 Commonwealth Games Australian basketball team jersey yesterday. I would have had great faith that you would have done that. <laughs> yeah, and if I if I wasn't working from home tomorrow, I'd be wearing my nice polo that I bought. Oh, well, you could wear it. You know, in I spirit. might still wear it tomorrow anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I've, I've um, been actually, I've been I've working my... from home for the last two weeks, and I've got two more weeks ahead of me, so. I know Actually, you, I think I've got retail, my com so game. I'll wear my yeah. I'll wear my com game shirt tomorrow. I think. Do it, yeah. In honor, yeah. Because it was certainly it was one of the best times of my life, and I, I, I'm unfortunately mm. haven't been able to get to an Olympics yet, as, as our listeners would know. And the 2018 com games is the closest I've been, and God, it was such a good time, and it was it was just so great that it was something that we could experience together as well. Like to have a a really good friend to share it with. We just made it that little bit yep. more special, but you're right. Absolutely, I agree. We, we'll we stay on the positive, so we won't talk about the last thing we went to together, which was the closing ceremony, which was yep. a, a, a disaster. But um, yep. you're right. Like the, the Monday when I got home and, and the for, probably for a solid two and a half weeks after, I was. It was such a, a post-games downer. Because again, yeah. Even even remember when I was dropping you home, and yeah, you know, we were unloading the car and getting like, and like going, oh, it's over, it's isn't over. it? Yeah. Because we kind of took our time pack. Then you know, the next morning we had like after the closing, we had the next day off. Yeah. And so you know, we'll just drive home at our leisure after we had like an early lunch, and then just drove home. And then it was like then mid afternoon, and I dropped you home, and I was like, oh, well, there was no I'll, sport on television. I'll, I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> Yeah, there's like no sport on television. There's nothing to watch on TV, and well, there's. I mean, they were doing you know a couple of reviews, but there was no sport to go and watch or that. So like you know, it there is you know those you know Olympic slash Commonwealth Games blues that you get because it's as I said, it's your mind's focus for you know that period of time. You get up, get organised, get ready to watch a day. You know, there's so many sports happening, so you you focus on so many different things, different athletes, different sports. You know, heats qualifications, finals, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's not even the event itself. I mean, I think for memory it was 2008 when the Queensland government announced they were going to bid for it. Um, so, you know, I'd been following it for 10 years. And, you know, mm. it's seven years from when it was announced that we had it, all the things that led up to it, you know, like what, what when they announced what the logo is going to be, the, <clears throat> the the mascot, you know, the, the venue started to be constructed and things like that. Like I... I was following it like I do these sorts of things, you know. So it wasn't just mm. the 11 days of competition. It was 10 years worth of excitement and build-up. And, when, mm. you know, when the previous games in 2014 in Glasgow, which were great games, when they finished, I literally remember that it was like the day after they wrapped up going, crap, like, I need to start. So I went and, you know, started a separate bank account. <laughs> and, and mm. you know, it was depositing money every week or fortnight to save for the – like, mm. it was something – financially that four years I'd been building up to and everything like it was that's right it was a big deal it's not just 11 days of sport for for us mm. that's right like you know it's something that we've and and it was good you know you know in 2008 I didn't even know you so no yeah it was I didn't then, meet you uh, four years after that <laughs> well that's right and you know and kind of like talking going oh you like the Olympics oh yeah you like the Olympics okay I guess we're friends now 
Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of what it's been like with Andrew the last couple of days chatting online as mm. well. The more we're chatting, there's just more and more things that are like, oh, you like that as well? Holy crap. So do I. He likes the Golden Girls, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, thank you for being our friend, Andrew. We do appreciate it. Because you, you are a massive Golden Girls fan. <laughs> I am. I am a girl. Quite could, you trash. We could do a podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we won't. Look, I, uh, we should probably start to wrap it up because we're, we're getting on to getting close to an hour and a half and I've, I, I do have to do a few things this yeah. evening. Not that I can go yeah. anywhere, but anyway. Uh, but look, I'm, I'm really glad that we could finally, after four months, mm. sit down and make this Yeah, happen. I know. A few people have been messaging me and going, when are you guys doing a new one? I said, we'll get there, we'll get there. And of course, what happened, happened. So... We really did need to, you know, get our rears into gear and and get it done, so to speak. Yeah, but look, you know, we're here now and it's it's all good. We've finally got mm. there. But look, yeah, you and, know, and you know, of course, you know, now we've got a whole extra year of of talking and doing stuff too. So I just thought maybe if the listeners have anything, you know, any topics they'd like us to cover or a subject or an episode to dedicate something, maybe give us some feedback or, you know. Yeah on the Facebook page or something, leave comments or something maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know this is something we talked about very early on and, you know, before I even knew about some of these other Olympic podcasts that I've been listening to and I don't want to, I don't want to sort of copy them or anything, but, you know, like we might even do like, you know, give the listeners a heads up and say, hey, we're going to watch this sort of Olympic themed movie and, and do a show on it. Like, make sure you watch it mm. in the next couple of weeks or something. And I know that's something that, that the Olympic Fever podcast are doing at the moment and, you know, we we may have to borrow some ideas and <laughs> and just do but something. But why else not? To... I'm sure our listeners would love. I reckon yeah. they'd love to do that. To you know, in, we've got a whole extra year of content to fill now, so why not? You know, start getting people in the mood and I will say, you know, getting interactive. Yeah. I will say, I you know, we, it won't be our next episode, but I, I, you know what? I'm going to call it now. The first movie that we watch that we're going to talk about, Eddie the Eagle. Oh yes. <laughs> That that's going to be our first movie. We'll talk about that at some point in the future. But but that that's where we'll leave this episode. So of course you know you know where you can find us. You can find us at sittingonourrings.podbean.com. You can find us on Twitter at s o o r podcast and facebook.com slash s o o r podcast. So on behalf of Trent, I am Brendan. Thank you so much for joining us. It's glad to be back, and we will see you next time. <laughs>